Welcome to It's a Good Life podcast, where it's all about helping entrepreneurs think, feel, and do better. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, top of the morning to you, and welcome to It's a Good Life. We're going to do a follow-up episode today on the real state of real estate. Obviously, uh, Buffini Company is the largest real estate coaching and training company in the world, actually. One out of every seven homes in Canada sold through Buffini Company clients. One out of every eight homes in the United States. The real estate industry and, and related industries represent about 16% of the economy. So we're right in the middle of it. And as there's a storm a brewing right now, we're at the center of the storm. I had on the Real Estate of Real Estate uh, just a couple of days ago a chance to introduce some of our faculty. Amy Somerville, who's our VP of Professional Development. We had Jamie Nowak, our Director of Community Development, and then Dave McGee, who heads up the coaching department. They are folks who have their finger on the pulse of the industry, coaching people up on what to do. Jamie, again, specialty in really helping motivate people and keep them up, which when you're self-employed, you got to take the self out of self-employment. And today on this episode, I'm going to introduce you to another staff member, and his name is Derek Jones. And Derek's been with me a long time. And uh, Derek, if you've been to any of our events, is always the MC. He's the head of our community. Again, this group of people that sells one out of every eight homes in the United States, Derek kind of oversees them. And you talk about having your finger on the pulse. One of the beautiful things about our community is they connect with each other and they connect with us. And we connect in both ways with them. So we're really able to find out what the heck's going on. You know, when you get economic data, like a year, typically a year after a country has been in a recession, the economists will report, the U.S. went into a recession in June of 2022. And you'll hear that in fall of 2023. And it's like, well, that's helpful. That's really helpful. You were in an accident a year ago is not very helpful. And so we have real-time information because we get it from the streets. And we have a great research department. I'm kind of a OCD on all this data and stats and trying to forecast markets. But we get it belly to belly. And Derek has not only done all these MC duties at the event, I'm going to have him from time to time kind of guest host a real estate show. Because right now, being 16% of the economy, being a big part of our history and our past, we're going to bring out at least one real estate show a month to keep folks really current with what the heck's going on so they can navigate the market. And then for those of you not in the real estate business, you're interested in the value of your home and where the economy's going related to real estate. It's a huge deal. You know, the Japanese, after they bombed Pearl Harbor, said, I'm afraid all we've done is awaken a sleeping giant. And I'm afraid that I'm introducing Derek Jones to you today. I might be bringing Jay Leno onto the Johnny Carson show. And the next thing you know, I'll be doing commercials for Enfamil and things like that. So it is with great reluctance that I introduce you all to Derek Jones today, my much taller, much more handsome, much younger, six foot five African American replacement of uh, the shorter, older Irishman. So, Derek, with all that said, top of the morning to you. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Glad to be here, Brian. Thank you. I've, yeah, I was the other day I was in the studio and I had the tape measure out, just making sure that all my stuff will fit in there. So, whenever the time comes, I'll be ready. Uh, uh, I feel the breath down the back of my neck, but that's okay. The rumors of my demise have been greatly exaggerated for a lot of years. Derek, why don't you tell the folks a little bit? You've been with us a long time. Uh, tell them a little bit about what you do and how long you've been doing it. Yeah, sure. So uh, again, thanks for having me on the show. Glad, glad to be here. Uh, I've been with Buffini & Company for 15 years now, hard to believe. Seems like it was just just yesterday. 
but yeah, 15 years ago, I joined Buffini and Company. I uh, came here. I was I'm from Los Angeles originally and uh, had some friends that lived down in San Diego and decided, hey, maybe I'll start looking down in San Diego for a place to work. And uh, through the grapevine, I had a, a friend of a friend of a friend who worked for this company called Buffini and Company. And, uh, you know, back then, uh, you know, the company was a lot bigger. I think we had almost 400 employees. And so it was probably just out of desperation or just to <laughs> fill some quota in the seats. They, they liked me enough to bring me on. And, um, and then 15 years later, I'm still here and, and served a bunch of different roles and capacities over that time and working with our community, being at our events, getting face to face with our clients in some Describe way, sure. Folks, our community, because we have a kind of a structure to it, right? And again, many people out there trying to build community with their customers. And you could describe a little bit about what we do. Yeah, you know, I think the best thing we do with our, our community is this, it's we're intentional, right? So I mean, again, what does community mean? At the end of the day, it is helping our clients connect with each other and have a connection to the company. And, and we're intentional about the ways we do that. We have a bunch of different ways. One of the most tangible ways we do that, we have these things, we call them Buffini groups, built off the small group model in churches. We get, you know, members all over North America. They want to connect with other people that are working this working by referral system so that, you know, maybe they're the only person in their office that is working by referral. So if they need insight and input on, Hey, I'm struggling with this. They want to get an answer for that in a working by referral mindset. So they wanted to start connecting with each other. And then we jumped in, kind of helped facilitate that, right? They did it on their own, as usually happens. They called the Buffini Bunches, right? They were getting together. And so we built a whole platform where they can find each other. They can find a group that's close to them. We provide an agenda. So it's discussion questions. So they can kind of take things deeper. We we work with the, the group leaders. We have a leader selected for each group to help keep them on track, right? We know you get enough real estate people in the room together and you're going to have a six hour meeting and they're not going to leave with anything. Um, and uh, so we've, we've got it organized and systemized to help them find each other and connect with each other. And, then and they meet once a month. Once a month. And how many groups do you oversee now? Yeah, right now we have about 350 groups uh, all over. And, you know, with the interesting dynamic in the last couple of years is, you know, before all the groups were in person. And, uh, and we, you know, we'd have a few virtual groups, but, uh, prior to 2020, those didn't work as well. The technology was tough and it was always kind of, but then, you know, you fast forward, you have the pandemic and you'd be hard pressed to find anybody that is not familiar with how to use zoom. And so now we've seen over the last couple of years, uh, an increase in the virtual groups, which is great because now there, maybe there's one or two Buffini members that are in an area where there's not enough to connect in person and they can connect with somebody all over and, and get that perspective from a different side of the country as well, which is beneficial. Well, I'm going to put you to work this morning. Okay. I'm going to have you dive right in. I'm going to test you out to see if you're going to be able to interview these guests yourself. And you actually had some questions for me on the real estate or real estate. So I'm going to hand it over to you and let's see how Jay Leno does. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it was a, it was a great episode and you know, there's tons of information and I, you know, what I liked is you started off the episode sharing some, some stats and updates on the market, which is, which is so timely, right? You've been doing your bold predictions. Uh, you know, it was once a year, then it went to twice a year because we realized that's not enough. And then kind of the whole impetus for this whole thing is realizing, Hey, even twice a year, uh, with the way the market's changing, it's just not enough, right? So you shared some stats on the market. Interest rates are climbing, uh, sales are down 20%, but prices are still, are still up. And so there's a lot of information and I know we've got a wide range of folks, uh, our audience that listens to this. And so I kind of want you to dive into how that applies to the different folks. So first, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a homeowner or a prospective homeowner, how does, how does the state of the market apply to me? Right. And I know you bought yourself a home at your boss's urging yes. before COVID and have done pretty well on it. So yes. obviously prices have spiked, right? So we know 
there's demand in the marketplace, right? We have supply and demand issue in real estate worldwide, and especially in the U.S. And, and then on the coast of the U.S., there's less land to build, and there's more restrictions to build. You have supply and demand issues. So anytime you have less supply than demand, there's always pressure on price. Flood that with cheap money post-pandemic. Flood it with free money during the pandemic. And now we have a supply chain issue, which is what we're hearing. We, when we heard that all over, but there was nowhere a bigger supply chain problem than real estate. So what does that mean? Demand greatly outstrips supply. Rates are cheap. People start running and gunning. And people were buying houses left, right, and center. And people were trying to buy houses left, right, and center. And the market became crazy, right? And became overcooked, as it always does. Just like it gets overcooked, it gets oversold. And um, that's what I'm going to guard people against right now. Because if you watch the news every day and you listen to this stuff, we are in a recession. I, I don't care what anybody says. I have the data. I'm not a political hound. I just want to help people. We're in a freaking recession. We've had two negative quarters of growth. That's a definition of recession. I don't care. Politics, we have to change the word and what the definition of is, is, and all these types of things. The bottom line is we're in a recession. It's going to be a long, shallow recession. So it's not going to be giantly deep. But it is going to go on for a while. And we have world forces in place. We have things overseas. Europe is struggling. Europe is struggling and there's cash in the system. So I'm going to Ireland next week. I could not get a hotel in Ireland. I could, anywhere downtown Dublin. And it didn't matter what I was willing to pay because people are still spending money. So that's what makes this such an unusual recession. There's more money in the system than there's ever been. Prices have stabilized. And by the way, out of the last six recessions, real estate prices went up five of the six. Okay, so just because people hear there's a recession, they naturally think things are going to hit the skids. We had a giant recession in real estate, a housing bubble in 2007. That was caused by people putting nothing down, very little down, buying second homes, over-levered enormously. Now, people have over-levered in their credit cards. People have over-levered in their lifestyles. But when they came to real estate, in the last three to five years, people have put more down proportionately than ever before. More all cash deals more 30% downs. And the other dynamic is the last time we had a giant real estate recession, it was with adjustable rate mortgages. Now all these mortgages are fixed. So I have a loan on my house, 1.825%. I currently am getting 4.2% on treasury bills, Derek. So what does that mean? I have the money to pay off my house and my wife would like that. And I'm like, honey, I'll do it if you want me to. It's no big deal. However, that bank right now is charging me 1.8%. We get a tax deduction and I'm paying them over an extended period of time where inflation, the money I'm paying them back with is worth less. And the government's willing to pay me 4.2% and give me a tax break to do that as well. So it's cheaper for me to borrow money from the bank and lend it back to the US government than it is to have more. That's bizarre, right? That's, that's kind of crazy stuff. So to keep it in simple terms, a piece of real estate is a great hedge against inflation. So right now, the real inflation rate's probably somewhere around 10%. So Derek, if you have $100,000 sitting in a bank in January 1, by the end of the year, it's worth 90. And if the same thing happened again next year, it'd be worth 81,000. And uh, the year after that, it'd be 73,000. Okay, so that would be three years of 10% inflation, 100 grand becomes 73 grand. So the single greatest hedge against inflation is a fixed asset, an asset that has A, a chance to appreciate, B, a chance for the mortgage to pay down, which increases the equity position. At the very least, it holds serve and then has a tax deduction. That's a really good thing. So for you and your bride, you're in a good spot. Hold on to the house. You know, you're doing great. 
And in fact, I'm going to say for people who have cash, it's a great time to look at investment real estate. And one of the things that I'm going to be teaching on next year is a lot of making sure that people who are in the real estate business know that their clients know they can help them with investments. And you talked about it with small groups. You know, we have small groups that were always had to meet in Joe's local diner and this and that and the other. And now we have groups that someone's from Florida and someone's from Ohio and someone's from this. Well, the same thing with real estate. I live in San Diego, but I'm looking at apartments in southern Utah this week. I was looking at apartments in um, Idaho, in Texas, in Tennessee, and in Florida. So, you know, that's a different deal. Why would I be doing that? Well, because I can get a greater cash flow outside of San Diego, maybe in areas that have different regulations and things like that coming. And then on top of that, the world we're living in today, you can divest yourself in different places easier because of technology. So the market is a very unusual market. We are going to see a big drop-off in the number of realtors. We're going to see a big drop-off in the volume of sales. So that's hard to hear, and it's true. But when Jamie and Dave and Amy were talking, you could hear a lot of confidence because we've been through this before, and we've helped our customers through this before. And if they'll go back to doing the fundamentals, then they win. And so that's the deal. So there's, there's hard things to hear. If you're a homeowner, you're good. If you're in the real estate business, be wary and get back to the fundamentals, you know? Right. And you touched on the investment property there too, which is, which I also have one of those thanks to being at Buffini and Company, you know, join Buffini and Company. Again, if someone's doing the math out there 15 years ago, that was uh, January, 2007. Uh, so came in right when things are great. And then they were not so great right after that. Uh, and we hit that, that terrible recession as it was called really more of like a depression. Uh, but you know, coming to our events, listening to you talk about the opportunities that were out there. And I ended up buying a property that I, at the time wasn't an investment property. I just was trying to get in the market. Prices were low. Real estate was having a sale, as you kept talking about. And uh, and then now I'm fortunate enough to be able to hold on to that one and use it as a rental. And what I've seen over the last few years, again, you talk about with technology, making it easier to get stuff out of state and easier to manage, right? Like now, I mean, vendors, plumbers, painter, whoever you need, if something goes wrong in my rental property, it, now it's not that far away from me. I could go. It's just up an ocean side, but I actually don't even have to. I, I mean, I can call the plumber up and say, "Hey, can you go check it out? Can you call? Here's my tenant's phone number. Can you call them to schedule? They said something's going wrong, and then just send me the bill, right? And and it's it makes it easier than ever, which gives me confidence saying, "Hey, I could if I want to get the property out of state, I could manage it just as easily without having to be there." So yeah, and we have a very vibrant network of agents. So if somebody needs an agent in a different town, they can reach out to us at Buffini Company. We'll find Absolutely. you the best trained, most skilled, most successful agents in the business, right. you know, anywhere in North America. Right. Absolutely. Now, uh, Amy Somerville was talking about, you know, all these changes in the market and the, there's this whiplash effect, right? With the the sudden changes. And, you know, she's, she shared, she's an industry insider. She's connecting with all the, you know, the crime families, as you said, and all yeah. these, uh, the big, you know, real estate companies and things like that. And, Kind of the takeaway for me was how these major corporations and companies, they're kind of dealing with the same kind of things that we are, right? They're having to look at where they're spending money, how, how they tighten their belts and things like that. So, you know, from your perspective, what are some of the things that we can learn from what these bigger companies are doing? And then what are some of the mistakes that you see maybe that they're making that we can avoid? Well, I think what Amy was bringing up is the mistakes they've admitted to. And one is major, major overspending on the tech side of things. And it's so easy, you know, tech promises all these things. And my kids, you know, they love these. Have you seen these circular, like, wooden floor the, sweepers? The Roomba, yeah, the What's Roombas, it called? right? The Roomba. Yeah, and you just kind of hit the button, it goes back and forward, and it cleans the floor. Well, that's if you don't have any furniture, and it's pretty good. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, or stairs. It's a kind of a fun thing, and I get it. But if you're really kind of trying to clean your house, that's kind of not the thing. You know, I'll probably get a lawsuit from those guys. But <laughs> so here's the thing: is companies have spent a fortune on this tech because it promises the world, but it usually delivers a lot less. And so we're hearing mm. like there's real estate companies that are laying off people in the thousands. Now, what can we learn right. from that? Well, sometimes. You're going into a recession, you better be looking at your model. You better be looking at your expenses. And it's time to tighten things up. When things are going great, we get a little sloppy with our expenses. And you better have a great rate of return. You know, what's the return on investment? You know, one of the things I know you've been instrumental at is pushing the rates of return our members have on their investment with Buffini Company. And, you know, sometimes we're getting them 30 times right. return on investment or 35 return on investment, you know, for coaching. That means, okay, great. If you're looking at your expenses, that might not be the one to cut. But if you have a bunch of subscriptions, you might want to cut some of those, right. you know. So on one hand, these companies are laying people off and cutting their expenses. On the other, they've realized we've overdone it on tech and we've underdone it on the fundamentals. The fundamentals of building relationships, providing great service, exceeding people's expectations and asking for referrals and those basic fundamentals. And that's why you know, Amy was at this big hotshot conference and all these muckety-mucks from all these publicly traded companies. And one guy goes, you know, you work with Buffini now. And that guy's just lucky. He's just lucky. You know, the market always seems to find him. And, you know, yeah, okay. The market finds us because we teach the fundamentals on how to execute on them. And how to execute on them in a phenomenal way, which is why our clients make 370 grand in coaching and the 570 grand if they're in team coaching. Right. And they, they get those kind of results. So, it's back to the fundamentals. And what's happened is when a market gets really hot, the fundamentals go out the window. And even experienced pros right now have kind of distanced themselves from the fundamentals. And I, I would even say our own company, we've had a record year, we're doing well, but our whole fundamental working by referral, our company has to do a better job at that. And that'll be our impetus. That'll be our answer to the recession. Instead of you know, you'll be happy to know we're not laying off tons of people at Buffini Company. That's not a plan at all. In fact, we intend to grow through the recession. And one of the ways we're doing it is getting back to asking our best clients, hey, we've helped you double, triple, quadruple your income. Do you know anyone else who needs help? You know, we've helped you get organized and structured. Do you know anyone else who needs help? And we're just going to start doing that on a much more organized basis than we've been doing. So it's back to the fundamentals for us. So it happens to everybody and it's okay. And you get back on the horse and you pick it up. But that's really the deal is getting back to your best customers, building relationships, exceeding their expectations and asking them for referrals. Yeah, it's, you know, our, one of our core values is to live what we teach. And it's so funny, you know, internally here, it, like oh, the number of times it happens multiple times a week, I'll be in a meeting and we'll be brainstorming ideas of how can we do this and how can we do this? And, oh, that's what we know we should do. We should do that. And then at the end of the day, one of us will say, wait, so you mean we should work by referral, right? Like that's what it always comes like, oh, wait, Oh yeah, we should we should work by our phone. Yeah, we, you know we actually used to do that That's ten years ago. That's a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> what a what a concept, right? Yep. Um, you know, you kind of segue here because you talked about you know in the market when the market's hot and the the fundamentals go out the window and you know Dave McGee touched on this right uh, and he said this you know the market the way it was uh, the last two years you know it was a lot of hard work right a lot of hard work for folks but it was it didn't necessarily require that much skill. 
right? And it was because the market was hot. Again, not to take away, it was it was draining for a lot of people. You've talked about before, you lobbied to, for the real estate industry to make sure they were essential workers. And so they never had to stop and multiple offers. That's, that's crazy and dealing with the emotions of that, but the skills weren't really there. And so that's why in this new kind of era we're transitioning to, skill building is, is going to be important. And so I know you talked about that in the last episode, but I'd love you just to touch on, you know, how important are, is skill building going to be? Well, you'll, you'll see, I, as a speaker and a salesman, I always relate to people on things they know, right? And you were a very talented basketball player. You played in college. You had some pro hoop dreams at one stage you pursued that your knees didn't want to cooperate with. But, um, imagine when you're playing, you've played in games where no one played any defense. And you sprint up and down the court and everybody's buckets and there's high flying jams and dunks and three pointers and the ball is flying and it's exciting game and the score is 126 to 122. It's kind of like what the NBA all-star game used to look like is now like a regular NBA game and nobody plays any defense. And as you well know, when it gets into playoff time, all of a sudden everything changes because teams are interested in winning now. Well, I would like in the last couple of years in the marketplace to be in an NBA game with no defense. And it was exciting. It was exhausting. And when Dave says it's hard work, it's hard work. The pace of it was hard work. You know, having a first-time buyer that's bid on 10 homes and gotten beat out every time, that's hard work. I sold a couple of properties at the height of the market and got 20, 30 offers. And to be honest, it's a bit of work negotiating 30 offers. But it doesn't require a ton of skill. A different set of skills anyway, at the very least. And now what's happened is defense is here. And the defense is the market. The defense is objections. The defense is, okay, I used to be able to get a loan at 3%. Now you're saying 6.7%. Okay, what do I do? Well, you have to skillfully walk people through their options. That Okay, your mind has only been stuck on a 30-year fixed. Maybe what you're going to do right now is get something that's fixed for five. And maybe we can buy down that rate. And we can buy down the rates. We put a little extra money down. We can buy down that rate and get a lower rate. Another term. Again, 80% of lenders, 70% of realtors have never worked in a market like this. So they don't even know these things. I talked to a young lender the other day. I said, well, a friend of mine is buying a house. And I said, well, can they buy down the rate? He had no idea what I was talking about. He went back to his boss and came back and said, yeah, did you know you could do that? I'm like, yeah, you mup. I sent you to ask your boss. <laughs> and again, nice fella. He just didn't know. So we have to develop the skills. Okay, great. I'm talking to a client. Hey, look, do well. I need to know a little bit about the market. The Fed's jacking up, jacking up, jacking up. We're going to plateau these rates eventually. Then the rates are going to have to start coming back down. And maybe that's when you get yourself your 30-year fix. So for the next two to three years, I'm going to leave you hanging out to dry. Make sure you put enough money down. And at the very least, the properties are going to hold value. Some people right now are going, uh, I'm going to wait till the market crashes for me to buy. I'm just, I'm going to sit on the sidelines. And it takes a little bit of skill to know the data and to know the numbers. Go, ah, here's the last six recessions. And the prices actually went up in the last five of the last six. Truth of the matter is prices have stabilized. Now, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but at this time, compared to last year, prices are up 16%, even this last 12 months. Now, what are we seeing? We're starting to see some small adjustments in price in the markets that grew the most. So San Francisco, and that's an unusual market because there's also some challenges, what's going on there with the city and whatever else. But that's down 3.5% price-wise in the last month. Seattle, 3%. Again, they had some issues downtown. San Diego, 2.5%. What do we have? We had the highest price spike in the country. So, okay, so we have a little adjustment there. That 2.5% is not 20%. So you need some skills to talk to somebody. You need some skills talking to a seller who goes, no, I zillowed my house 12 months ago and it said it was worth X. And that's, I don't want to lose that money. Well, you didn't lose that money because you weren't selling. And you haven't lost anything, but 
you need to know this is the reality of today's market. And, and by the way, at this price, we're not guaranteed. I mean, we might have to reduce again. So it takes a bit of skill. It takes a bit of skill to have a listing on the market for two months instead of two weeks. Get a price reduction. Negotiate. Derek, 63,000 transactions, as Dave talked about, blew up in July. 63,000 times that a buyer and a seller went together in a contract and the deal didn't close. Now, that drives me berserk because I'm going to say 90% of that could have been avoided with some skills. There's some of it, it's like, hey, someone was maxed out on their qualifications, the rates jumped, boom, they were done. But a lot of it is they did a physical inspection, found something wrong with the house. And I'm telling you, a house that was built yesterday will have a laundry list of things wrong with it today. And the professional, the agents couldn't handle it. Because why? The buyers are scared. The buyers are nervous. They're interested in Putin and Nord Stream 1 and what's going on. And oh, what are the Bank of England is buying bonds and things they were never interested in their life. But all of a sudden they're buying a house they become real nervous about. We have to be skilled enough to be able to handle those things and, and help people navigate through those things. Because at the end of the day, here's the thing. You know this. When people are working at a feeding company, I'm always encouraging them to buy real estate. And you'd have been one of those. And you bought a house before you were ready. I kind of encouraged you. I pushed you a little bit. And you bought a house uh, years ago. And uh, you're probably pretty glad you bought that house today. And at the time, it was a big swallow. And then you bought a house a couple of years ago. And you're, <laughs> we can't find a house. And we did the, uh, you know, it was a tight market. And you did the letter. And, can you know, I'm looking for a house. You followed our systems. And you had your agent who's in our network follow the systems. And you bought that house. And now you're going, man, I'm glad I bought that house. No one in my life, when it came to in real estate, has ever said, man, I'm glad I waited. Never once. I'm 35 years in the business, around the business, in the business. I've never had anybody say they were glad they waited. But you need some skills. And right now, we have people who don't know what to do, or they've forgotten what to do, or they're out of practice of what to do. Right, exactly. And I think and the key is to develop those skills, again, using the basketball ana- analogy. You know, you, you, can't, you can't grow your skills while you're on the court. And I think that's that's a mistake that people make, right? They think oh, I'm just going to be able to go out there and play and and I'll just figure it out. And they see the NBA players, LeBron James and Steph Curry, thinking these guys just roll the ball out and they get better year after year just by being out there. That's not the case. These guys are working, right? They're working, they're training. And, you know, Dave touched on it. And that's why training is going to be so key. And that's why Buffini and Company invests in all these training programs that we create because we know that the skill building and development is, is so critical. And we see so many outstanding results from it. We have you know, 100 Days of Greatness that you talked about on the call. People are averaging seven transactions over $75,000 in income uh, just over that, that 100 days. In 100 days. Yeah. Uh, which is more than the average realtor makes in a year. Right. right. We touched on the story. You know, Jamie talked about uh, one, of our, one of our members, Heather Reed. Uh, she's out in Denver, Colorado. And, you know, she did the training program and, you know, she was kind of going about it. And then her, her broker actually threw down the gauntlet and, and had a, had a challenge and said, Hey, you know, put this out to the whole office, everyone going through this program. If you dedicate yourself to going through the program and you do all the action steps and you win the day, you win the week, win the month, win the year, if you do all of it and give it your all, if you don't make $250,000, we'll pay for your desk fees. And, and she said, you know what, I, I'm a little nervous about that. I can't even fathom making $250,000, right? Amazing how that, that fear of like success and failure mixed up in the same boat comes. She's like, I don't know if I could do that. But she said, hey, what have I got to lose? Even if I don't hit that, as long as I do everything, then I'm going to get my desk fees paid for. So she dives in, she gets after it. She does all the, all the work. She's the only person in her office that actually takes them up on the offer. The only person that's done it in the years that he's made that offer of doing the training programs. And guess what? She doesn't make $250,000. She makes 430 
thousand dollars in a year just because she took the training program dove into the fundamentals and got after it and that's what it takes well and you know and i know that's the reason we love this business and this is why we get up in the morning and do this stuff and there is a real state of real estate out there there's a lot of scary there's a lot of stats there will be a lot more scary and a lot more stats uh we're heading for choppy waters and we got to control what we control and and what we can control is our attitude, our effort, and our energy. And that's what we're going to encourage people to do. I know that's what you're encouraging people in the community to do. And we'll continue to keep banging the drum for people to do that. If you own a home, great job. If you want to invest, get a hedge against inflation, look to invest and maybe look outside your town. If you're in a market that's appreciated highly, if you're in the real estate business, I hope you're in coaching and training with Buffini Company because we can help you navigate this and, and win. Like I say, a lot of people laying off, we'll be hiring because we're going to do the fundamentals. Well, I'm going to sign off on the program today, Derek. I was great to introduce you to the audience. I know you're going to cuckoo me out of the nest here at some point in time, but for right now, uh, I'm still clinging on. Anyway, I'm going to sign off today with the little lady herself. Uh, You talk about keeping it real. She's been keeping it real for 92 years. I'm going to see her next week. I'm flying out to Dublin to see me, little old mom. And she's going to leave us all with an Irish blessing. And you know, this Irish blessing, I believe it traces its root back to the 8th century. And I would say, since that time, there's been lots of highs and lows in the markets. There's been lots of uh, wars and challenges and difficulties and hurricanes and all kinds of stuff. But at the same time, those words ring true today, as they did 12, 13 centuries ago, just like the fundamentals of the market don't change. So I'm going to leave it to me, ma'am, and uh, we'll catch you all next time. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.